0: From the American College of Gastroenterology, this is Evidence-Based GI, and I'm Jacqueline Golland, founder of GastroGirl, a patient-centric company focused on improving digestive health. Today, we'll be discussing the use of artificial intelligence in GI, and specifically with colonoscopy, with Philip Schoenfeld, editor-in-chief. Thank you for joining me today. This is uh, a great topic.
1: Thanks very much, Jack. There are a lot of misconceptions about how artificial intelligence may be used in medicine. And certainly in gastroenterology, the initial application of artificial intelligence has been with colonoscopy, where different programs provide computer-aided detection devices to help you find polyps while you're doing a colonoscopy. And the results from multiple studies have been quite varied. So how
0: long has the use of artificial intelligence been around and available in GI,
1: specifically for colonoscopy? Different computer-aided programs first became available about two years ago. There are currently multiple different AI programs that can be used with endoscopy systems. However, I don't get the sense that it's widely used throughout the U.S. at this time.
0: Can you explain, you know, I'm trying to envision, you know, what happens when a patient's under colonoscopy and the doctor's using, being assisted by these AI tools. Like, can you explain, like, how that would
1: work? Literally... It's flipping a button on your endoscopy tower unit to turn on the device. And I'm still driving my colonoscope through the colon the way I normally would. But what occurs is little green circles of light begin to appear on my screen when there may be some type of change in the colonic mucosa that's up on the screen that might be consistent with the polyp. And I usually tend to turn on the device right at the very beginning of the procedure, although I know some endoscopists who like to wait till they get all the way to the cecum and they begin their withdrawal before they turn on the device. And so, you know, once you're at the cecum and the device is turned on and you're looking for polyps, you begin to slowly withdraw the scope and periodically these little circles of green light appear on your screen pointing out hey the mucosa here is a little bit different maybe this is a polyp
0: so wouldn't it be great like a video game you could just zap them <laughs> 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 that, that that the technology hasn't advanced that much right it's still the polypectomy part is a little separate than yeah, the uh, than the ai stuff <laughs> Still
1: separate, but that brings up a, an important point, which is the vast majority of mucosal changes that are identified by these programs is normal tissue. And as an endoscopist, you have to get trained to realize to ignore most of those little bursts of light that you see because they're not actually identifying a polyp. They just see a, a little bit of a defect in the mucosa. On the other hand, if it really is a polyp, like that little burst of light keeps occurring on that one spot as you're withdrawing the scope if it's really a polyp. and and again, that's part of how you have to train your mind that if something lights up for a millisecond and then goes away, okay, that probably wasn't a polyp. But if it if it keeps lighting up in the same spot as you're withdrawing your scope, you really need to take a, a closer look because gosh, that very well may be a polyp if it's not immediately obvious to you
0: well, I, I think it's so fascinating when you to travel all these lights. It just from my perspective as a patient listening to you talk about this, it's almost like this highlights the sophistication and the sensitivity of the tool if it's if it's noticing that tiny change in the mucosa, is that what you're saying? Uh, tiny of of the colon, where a polyp could be, it's kind of like signaling, but then for the for the endoscopist, you're actually really going to look at that again and give it a second look just to make sure so that gives as a patient some comfortability knowing that this tool could potentially add even more value and power of identifying polyps which are important to identify in a colonoscopy because they could turn they could turn cancerous and that's how colon cancer can start and that's how colon cancer can be prevented by by removing those polyps so this sounds like it could potentially be a a
1: win-win for providers and patients if it's used properly. And especially if you're an endoscopist who may not be terrific at finding polyps, then this might be particularly helpful. On the other hand, there's still not a replacement for you as an endoscopist doing a good job of exposing all the folds and just relying on your skill built up over years to identify and completely remove pops.
0: Like, it's like driving down the road. If you don't know what the signs are, you can't just keep driving down the road. You have to pay attention and know. And your automatic car, you just can't, work right, those Teslas, right? Those are the cars that can drive themselves. I don't have one. I think I'm a little afraid to have one. But you have to trust, like, if you're just driving down down the road and there's a stop sign and you know the car is not going to stop, you know that it should stop. So you kind of have to have some knowledge of, of what you're doing as an endoscopist. You, you can't just rely on these
1: tools, is what I'm trying to say. Right. And, and that's part of what I explore in the summary that I wrote in the January 2024 issue of Evidence Based GI. And in that summary, we're reviewing a study published by Shocket et al., from the American Journal of Gastroenterology that did a secondary analysis of multiple RCTs to try to identify specific subgroups of endoscopists that benefited from the addition of a computer-aided detection device or artificial intelligence program to find polyps. And specifically what they found was that for endoscopists who had more than 20 years experience, that it was helpful. That if you had a withdrawal time of greater than eight minutes, that it was helpful for finding polyps. And also, other research studies have recently shown that for people who are just beginning to do colonoscopy, just training, it can help them fine polyps. On the other hand, when you look at some of the other research in this field, if you've already got an adenoma detection rate that is above 45%, or if your adenoma detection rate for somebody who already had a positive fecal immunochemical test is above 65%, then you're great at following polyps. And having this additional device probably isn't going to make much difference.
0: Now, those are interesting points. Now, for patients, is this something, should we know about the use of AI and GI in our colonoscopy? Is this a question that we should be asking our providers? Is this something that could be a differentiator or makes a patient feel more confident with their with their endoscopist?
1: I, I don't think we're at that point. Again, if you're a, an endoscopist who has a very high adenoma detection rate, then the addition of using the GI Genius tool or the Scout tool or any AI tool, then the addition of that is really not going to make much difference in your adenoma detection rate. On the other hand, if you're a, you know, a well-trained average endoscopist, among many different tools, artificial intelligence may be something that helps you have a higher adenoma detection rate, just like you want to make sure your patients have a great bowel preparation and you want to make sure you take enough time when you're withdrawing the scope and not withdraw too quickly, among many different things we do to improve adenoma detection rate.
0: So if you were talking to your colleagues who are asking you, should I incorporate this in my practice? Should I incorporate the use of artificial intelligence in my colonoscopy practice? I'm considering one of these tools. What, what would you tell them?
1: I personally use a artificial intelligence tool in, during colonoscopy. I use GI genius in my own practice. but I also made sure I got some training on its use when I first started, and our whole group of endoscopists made a commitment to using it, as well as made a commitment to measuring our adenoma detection rate both before and after we started using it to see if it impacted how well we did. I think this goes to a broader discussion, which is anytime you start using a new tool, you need to get some training on it. I had to learn that when I see just a real millisecond blip of light on the screen, that may be a tiny mucosal defect that I can ignore. When I see that Circle of light bouncing all the time on this one spot, then that's really trying to tell me there might be a polyp there and I should give it a second look. And also realize I still need to rely on my own skill at finding polyps developed over a long period of time. You know, if I had just simply walked in one day and was told by my technician, we have this new program and it was turned on. I don't know that it would have helped with my adenoma detection rate. I probably would have just felt it was very distracting.
0: (laughs) See all those lights going off. Good thing there weren't sounds too.
1: Right. So that's where I think it's helped. I definitely do find it's helpful when I have trained my eye now to identify when the, the program is really showing me a circle of light almost continuously at one area of the colon. That's a place where I need to take a second look, see if there is a flat pile up there. And my adenoma adenoma detection rate has actually increased by a few percent since I started using it. And that's another important point. If you're going to apply this kind of a tool, then you should also make a commitment to measuring how well you're doing at finding adenomas before and after you start using the tool.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna ask you, has it improved your skill? I mean, obviously you you took time to train and and really take it, advantage. Yeah, it's just not it's not a plug and play tool. It's not like, okay, like you said, walk in and it's gonna do the work for you. You still have to be focused and all the things that you were trained to do are at play here. This just is another added tool, another level of sophistication for you to take advantage of and, uh, and doing your amazing work with patients.
1: If you're already monitoring your adenoma detection rate and you're doing terrific with a adenoma detection rate in screening colonoscopy of 45 to 50%, okay, hey, you may not need additional tools because you're already doing a great job. I think what's crucial is that if you're going to use a new tool, you've got to commit to training on using it and then monitoring your outcomes after you start using it to see how beneficial it might be.
0: Great. Well, this is so exciting and we could definitely continue this conversation um, as research pops up or more learnings because I think this is so fascinating and from the patients we're definitely interested in how this applies in our medical care. Thank you so much for joining me today. For our listeners, please remember to subscribe to Evidence-Based GI on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at ACG underscore EBGI, where we host tutorials every Wednesday, and look for our blast email from the ACG on January 17th with our new issue. Thank you.